joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just want to thank you for another beautiful week that you've given us uh, and another Sunday that we can all gather as a church to worship you. At this point in our our worship, we ask that you would uh, guide Steve and give him the words to deliver the message that this church needs to hear today. And God, we ask that you would open each of our hearts and our ears to hear that message and to uh, respond to it as needed. And God, we just uh, thank you again for your son and uh, that all this is uh, able to be done uh, through him. So it's in his name that I'll pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It is good to be here this morning. God is good. And all the time, amen to that. I thank you for your uh, your prayer uh, for me this morning. And I thank all of you who've been praying for me. And, of course, all of us have been praying for the church. You know... If we pray for the church and we pray for the preacher, then I think it's only reasonable to assume that God listens to those. And I'm seeing, I'm not saying I speak ex cathedra or anything, I'm a fallible human being, but I do find it strange that, well, I don't find it strange because it happens so often. Gabe's uh, thoughts and prayers this morning very much line up with the sermon, and I'm thinking, and I, it happens so often that I, I quit going, wow. I mean, I, not, I, I go, wow, but I quit going, that's what an incredible coincidence. A coincidence is something that happens once, but it happens continually. Um, that's, that's something that's happening. It's a cause and effect at that point. That's what I'm trying to say. So the cause and effect is, uh, I think, um, that God wants us to hear a message this morning about positivity, because pretty much most of the time that I've been here, we've been on lockdown until recently. It's been a weird time, yeah? And for once, I'm not the cause of all the weirdness, which I usually am, so I'm very gratified that I'm not the cause of the weirdness, but there is so much negativity going on everywhere and it's it's in us we got to be real about that we got to give our heads just a good old shake don't you don't have to do that right now that's not a command but just give your head a good old shake and and go okay wait a minute maybe i'm stuck in a place that i was never meant to be and again as gabe was saying if we just look out what what's being broadcast to us on a daily basis it's how everybody hates each other and how the world's in turmoil and everything's going down the tubes and that is just not true if you're a christian jesus has already won victory over the cosmos and we need to remember that Some of us tend to gravitate more toward negativity than others, and I am certainly one of those people. And so I started this week, because last week we talked about our need to praise God 
And I did like the singing this morning, by the way. It was very good. Uh, thank you, Andrew, for leading us in that. It was very good singing. And we, we were doing as we're commanded to praise God because He is good. It's not just something we say. If you think it's just something we say, then, well, you need uh, this lesson more than perhaps others do. I know I need today's lesson, but I've already heard it, so we're good there. But now it's your turn. So, um, yeah, we've, we have been plunged into a negative place culturally, personally as a church, as individual families, and that's not okay to leave it that way. Because God is good all the time. And Jesus Christ has already won victory over the cosmos. So, I thought, alright, let me look into positivity. Let's do positivity. Let's, let's do some affirming self-statements. You know, that's what the the training in counseling that I have went toward. And so I started doing, you know, a study on, well, what does the Bible say about positivity? Well, I, I was led to a different place. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't do things the way Steve would do them. God doesn't, and my study led me to a different spot. And as always, God's take on things is the only correct take on things. So I want to look at this this morning. Usually when I try to do positivity, it's like, can't you be positive? Well, yeah, I'm positive that everything's going to be bad today. I am positive about that. But um, the Bible speaks about positivity, but not in the way we think. The Bible speaks of positivity not as something you trick yourself into, because that's really what you're doing when you're doing affirming self-statements. I'm a good person. People like me, you know, and that's been made fun of on TV, although it is a useful counseling tool. But I think the reason it gets made fun of is because, like, what are you trying to convince yourself of? What the Bible says is that the world is filled with positivity because God made it. And because, look all around you, there's people created in God's image, including you. It's not something you convince yourself of. It's something that you realize is true. And if you don't realize it's true, you're listening uh, to the wrong voices. Remember that we're, it's filled with God's handiwork, um, and it's sealed. The cosmos is sealed with a guarantee from Christ that Creation itself will be redeemed. Just like all of us who believe in His name will be redeemed. Let's start, though, in Philippians 4, because that's where I would have started it if I was trying to proof text my way through this. But I pray that I never do that. And you guys can pray for that for me, too, that I always go where the Bible leads rather than where my brain leads. My brain isn't the... Well, I'm not going to make those kinds of self-negating jokes this morning. It's about positivity. All right. Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's 
any excellence. If there's anything worth praising, think about these things. Um, it says to think about these things. It doesn't say, give yourself a good old pep talk and you'll be in good shape. No, it's saying, look around you. There are things that are true. There are things that are honorable. There are things that are just and pure and lovely and commendable and excellent and worthy of praise. Notice them. And spend your time thinking about those things. The evil one wants you to think about all the negativity, all the, all the hate, all of, all of the, the conflict in the world because he wants you to see the broken world because the broken part of the world is the part of the world that he's managed to get control of through willing collaborators. But that's not the real world. The real world is that that is a temporary state because Jesus will redeem all of the cosmos. He has the power to do it right now. But when He comes, no one will know. The Bible says over and over again that what we see with our eyes is not really what's going on. We talked about that in our class this morning. How the Israelites, they got the land of of Canaan and everything God just said, just walk in there and take it and it's yours. And they didn't because they started looking at the things around them instead of choosing what they do with their brains. Choosing to think about the goodness of God, the loveliness of God, the purity of God, the truth of God, the commendability of God, the excellence of God. And because of that, they got tangled up in all of the nonsense going on around them. And they became part of the disease rather than the cure. And you know what? That can happen to us too. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 5. Paul says, Sir, we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. While we're in our bodies, which I am right now, I'm away from the Lord. Because we walk by faith, not by sight. Positivity comes from knowing that where you are right now is the aberration. Me being in this body separated from God insofar as I am separated from God, that's the abnormal state. The normal state of the cosmos is the way God made it where man walked with God in the garden. That's the normal state, and that's where Jesus Christ will bring us back to. And we have to remember that this is just a short time. This is something that is filled with beautiful things, but it's nothing to compare to what we will, we will have. How do we know all these things are true? Because we walk by faith, not by our five senses. 
The text here says by sight, but we don't walk by what we hear with our ears or touch or taste or smell. We walk by our spirit and our spirit understands things that the five senses don't have access to. And that's why so many people who claim to be scientists do a lot of bad science because they, they refuse to acknowledge that there are things in the universe that you simply can't detect with one of those five senses. And one of those things is the Spirit of God. We have a better, more real sense of what the world is like that comes to our soul. And if you walk in the light, you will have a bigger and bigger sense of that. You will notice all the good things people do. Things people do because they're moved by the Spirit of God. Now, I want to handle this question. So then, if this is just a temporary body, does it matter what we do in, the, in this world? I mean, it really doesn't matter. This is all just a big goof, right? No, it matters more than we think it does, but for opposite reasons. And these reasons are a manifestation of the hope we have. The reason why it's important what we do in our bodies is because the reality of what the Christian's body is. Let's go to uh, chapter 3 in 2 Corinthians. And I'll explain. Actually, all I had to do was just go right there. It's right there, and I have to turn a page. Verses 16 and 17. Do you not know that you are God's temple? God doesn't dwell in some building in downtown Jerusalem. He dwells in Christians. That you're God's temple and that therefore God's Spirit dwells in you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple temple. It matters what we do because wherever you go, if you're a Christian, you can't get away from the presence of God. You're standing in His holy temple right now. And when you get in your car, you're standing in His holy temple. And when you go home, you're standing in His holy temple. When you go to the grocery store, you're standing in His holy temple. Since you are always in the direct presence of God, it matters even more what you do. And the fact that you, that the Spirit of God dwells in you is one of the things that adds to our hope, that adds to our realization that the world is not the way we are told it is. It's the way God says it is. We live by faith, not by our senses, not by sight. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Okay, starting in verse 18. Do not get drunk with wine, because that's debauchery. What is debauchery? Well, it's, it's a bad thing. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Um, on the other hand, rather, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't be filled with spirits. 
Don't be filled with ethanol. Be filled with the real Spirit, the Spirit of God. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Not just your lips, not just your vocal cords, not your lungs, your heart. A heart full of thankfulness. A heart that sees through faith the beautiful world God made, the beautiful people God made, and the beautiful work His Spirit does every day. The beautiful work of Jesus Christ in holding the cosmos together. And if you see the beauty of that, you, you will give thanks through your heart. And if you don't, you won't. We have to sing those songs and make melody in our hearts to God. Not that just says thank you because that's what we're supposed to say, but we say thank you because we realize the truth of the beauty God puts in our lives. And He does. Giving thanks always. Giving thanks always, even when there are things you don't like. And for everything, including the things you don't like. Giving thanks for those to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. Drunkenness, debauchery, in essence, living to please our five senses, which most people do. Okay, well, I'm done with the stuff I have to do. Now I'm going to go find something I want to do. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying life. There's nothing wrong with enjoying the world. God put a bunch of things in the world for us to enjoy because He likes for us to enjoy them. But if you're guided by trying to get the next stimulus to your brain that pleases you, going for that next endorphin rush by getting online or turning on your TV or going shopping or whatever you're doing, that's really no different than getting drunk. You're just trying to feed endorphins into your brain. And that's a self-defeating game. No matter what you're using to get through life, if you're, the thing you're using to get through life puts something into your five senses, you are on your way to addiction. That's what addiction is. It's a, it's a self-defeating game. It's Satan's game. Enjoy the things God has given us to enjoy, but we do not depend on them. We depend on God because we live by faith, not by sight. So then how do we not play that bad game? Well, according to this verse, we do it through singing, teaching, and thanksgiving. And we do all these things in the presence of and in conversation with God. I can't say I've spent time with you if all we did was sit in the same place and not talk to each other. If I spend time with someone, if I want to feel like someone spent time with me, I want them to actually speak, not stare blankly at the sky. It's the same thing if we're going to be in the presence of God. We have to speak to Him through songs and hymns and spiritual songs and through our prayers, recognizing the overwhelming goodness of God. And Satan does not want you to do that. He wants you to buy into the negativity, to get down, to go, why? Why do I even bother? Why are we here? Just to suffer. That's what... Sorry, I got a little dramatic there. 
But that's what Satan wants us to do. The truth is, God is good all the time. And even the things we don't like, we give thanks for, because God uses everything to the glory of those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. That's Romans 8.28. You guys know that one? Alright, so let's go to Colossians chapter 4. Verse 2, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in your prayer with thanksgiving. Okay? Connection to God doesn't happen by accident. It happens through psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and more importantly, through talking to Him. Prayer requires steadfastness. Even if there's someone you like, if you want to keep up that relationship with them, you have to be steadfast in spending time with that person and talking to that person. If you want to be married, you can't just live in the same house. You have to sit with one another, talk with one another, do stuff together. It requires steadfastness. You have to keep at it. If you don't keep at it, you'll lose your connection to God. And we have to be watchful. What are we watchful for? Well, let me ask you this. If you order stuff from Amazon, if it's something that you want, you kind of go, how far away? Oh, my package is already shipped. My package is only 10 stops away. It's almost here. It's almost here. It's almost here. You've done it. Don't act all high and mighty. You've done it. Little kids on, on Christmas loot day, They're like, I mean, kids count down the days till Christmas starting in December 1st, right? They even formalize that in parts of the world like Bavaria where they have an Advents calendar where you take a piece of candy out, anticipating that day when I get my loot. And you know what? That day is coming. It's not Christmas. It's when Jesus Christ returns. There's nothing wrong with being greedy for the return of Jesus Christ. And the collection of your reward. And we should, watch, we should watch for it anxiously. We should say, when is the Lord coming back? I can't wait. If you don't do that, then you don't understand what Jesus is going to do. You don't have hope. And hopelessness is what is pervading the world around us. We have to have hope in ourselves and, well, have hope in God. We have to have that hope. And we can spread that hope to what is increasingly a hopeless world around us. Mental illness and suicide rates are going up and up and up for a lot of reasons. Because of the lockdown, because of all the weird things going on, this world is losing hope. And because... Really, there is only one thing in which we can hope, and that is the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. If we have that hope in us, we can spread that hope to the world around us. So, that hope clears room in God's temple for the Spirit of God. 
and the Spirit of God fills us with more hope. We'll look at a couple scriptures on that, but before we look at them, this is what I'm positing here that it says in Scripture that Paul's writing specifically that when we clear all of the idols and nonsense out of the temple, we leave room as it should be to be filled with the Spirit of God. That Spirit we have because of our hope and that Spirit fills us with more hope. It's a positive synergy. The more we take out the clutter, the more the Spirit we have, the more hope we have, the more Spirit we have, the more Spirit we have, the more hope we have. All right, let's look at some Scriptures. Galatians chapter 5. Paul writes, because through the Spirit, all right, stay with me here, through the Spirit, by faith. So we have faith through the Spirit. Faith what? Faith that Jesus Christ saves us from death and gives us a hope of eternal glory. Through the, through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. What does righteousness mean? It means doing goodness. The state of doing good things. God is always doing good things. Therefore, God is righteous. We wait eagerly for the good things that God has promised to do. And He's good to His promise. Going to our text earlier, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, if you believe, you're filled with hope and you're filled with joy so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Do you see that circle there that I was talking about? If God fills you with hope, then you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're filled with joy and peace and hope. If you haven't noticed, well... The Bible says this over and over again. He who has will be given more, and the one who doesn't have what he does have will be taken away. That, that's the nature of the, the, the cosmos. The more you have something, the more you will have of it. The less you have of something, the less you're going to have of it. The more you have hope, the more you'll have the Spirit. The more you have Spirit, the more you'll have hope. And all you have to do is... Praise God and live by faith instead of living by your five senses. Let's go back to Ephesians. We're going to go to chapter 1. Before we read this, let me ask you, if you're a Christian... What is your belief about? Well, my belief is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Okay, good. That's very true. What else do you believe? What's the point? What's the point of all this belief? What's the point of your Christianity? Why are you a Christian? Why? Why do you want to have your sins cleansed? Why do you want righteousness? Why do you want to, why do you want to be filled with the Spirit? What is all that? 
It's about what was said in Romans 15, 13, and, or in Galatians 5, 5, that we hope for the things that God has promised to do. That is the point. I believe in the name of Jesus Christ so that I can be saved, so that I might be glorified the way Jesus is glorified. And that's not a bad thing to want. That's a very good thing to want. That's the way God always meant it to be. So you see that faith and hope are the same thing. Well, they're not the same thing. They're inexorably intertwined. Faith and hope. That's why at the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, when everything goes away, when this present age is wiped out, only three things will remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And he goes on and talks about love a whole bunch. But there's also that faith and hope that are connected to love. They're the same thing. I have faith because I have hope. My hope is that God will do what He says He's going to do, which I know He will do because God has always been faithful. Therefore, I have my hope, and that hope gives me faith, and my faith gives me hope. Is all this making sense, or am I talking? sound like some sort of crazy person, but that's not new. All right, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. In Christ we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. In other words, God works everything. Everything works out in the end the way God wants them to be. You want to you mock His Son? You want to reject His Son? You want to torture His Son to death? God will just use that to save all of humanity and all the cosmos. Everything works out. To, according to the counsel of God's will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. You notice he doesn't say, we, were the we who were the first to believe in Christ. Is that what he says? He says, we were the first to believe in Christ? No, he says, we were the first to hope in Christ. And we have to realize that those two are, you can't say you have faith if you don't have hope. We have hope that God is going to do more than He's already done. So we don't change our thinking. Our thinking doesn't become positive because we're trying to talk ourselves into everything's great. Okay? If you just think positive, positive things will happen. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible does not say that. The Bible says you have hope because you're redeemed in Christ, because God is on your side, whom shall I fear? Death, where is your sting? I don't need to be convinced of something that's not true. I need to realize, seeing with faith rather than with sight, that the world, the cosmos, is beautiful because God makes it beautiful. Because God is good all the time. Filling our, our lives with the thoughts and the desires of the hopelessness of the world is basically calling Christ a liar. If, we feel, if our heart is going after all these things, that I promise you, none of the things that you're 
trying to get out there in the world are going to bring you any lasting measure of joy or peace. I promise you that. When we go after those things, we're dishonoring the promise that Christ made. That none of that is worth going after. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So again, we don't have to be convinced that the world is a good place. Seeing with the eyes of the Spirit, we say that God is good beyond all imagining. And that's way more than enough. Because God is good. And because all the time, and if we're walking around like this, uh, whatever, man. That is not, I'm not saying you can't be sad. I'm not telling you to get happy. I'll never tell anyone to just get happy. Because sometimes you have to feel sad. Jesus felt sad. Jesus cried. It's okay to feel sad, but we have hope. And therefore, even when we're sad, we have joy in our hearts. We don't have to find a positive attitude because seeing by faith and not by sight shows us that the world is filled with hope because of Jesus Christ. We can't call on other people to have hope unless we have an abundance of hope. And if we have an abundance of hope, we'll have a bigger abundance of hope. And if we have a bigger abundance of hope, we'll have an even bigger abundance of hope. And that hope will show to the world around us that we walk by faith, not by sight. And they'll say, these people see something that I want to see. So as Paul's prayer was, my prayer is, Ephesians chapter 1, uh, continuing on, verses 15 through 18. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation, which is the same thing, in the knowledge of Him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened so that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. To know what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. That is my continuing prayer and I hope that that's your prayer for me and everyone else here this morning, that we can see through the Spirit with eyes of faith the glorious inheritance that we're called to, that we can have a full understanding of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. If you don't have the hope of Jesus Christ this morning, believe in Him. Be baptized in Him. Gain your hope in Him. That invitation is always open, but if you want to come forward right now, please come forward while we stand while we sing this song.